people need to get past that fear and get past thinking that they might not know what to do and they need to just jump in, have someone like me that guides them along so they don't make a bunch of dumb mistakes and stop over-preparing. Before we get into it, I want to introduce you to Groundbreaker, today's sponsor and partner. They are an all-in-one suite of tools for small to medium-sized real estate syndicators. They've got a special focus on real estate syndicators with 1 million to 100 million assets under management. They help you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Groundbreaker will help you scale your business without the need to scale your overhead. So they're going to help reduce your costs because of the admin team that won't need to be as large. And they're going to help you reduce your risk of data breach because of the security systems that they have in place. They'll help you increase your revenue by growing your assets under management because you're going to be allowed to focus on the things that are most important, like business growth and operations, not those administrative logistics. And ultimately, they're going to help you elevate your company's brand and professionalism and investor experience because your investors are going to enjoy having this platform with all their information versus however you're currently doing it. Three things specifically about Groundbreaker I personally like. One, super easy to use from an investor standpoint and from a general partner standpoint. Two, it allows investors and general partners to fund electronically, meaning that a limited partner can complete their entire subscription and funding cycle without leaving the platform. And on the general partnership side, for distributions, you can set it up so that you can trigger bulk ACH payments within the platform. And then the last thing I really like about Groundbreaker is it's, well, it's cost effective. It's healthy to the bottom line. Their basic plan allows sponsors to sign up for as little as $100 per month with no limits on deals or investors. And you can read all about the pricing on their website. Speaking of their website, it is groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe, J-O-E. And when you go there, groundbreaker.co forward slash J-O-E. You're going to get access to a pitch deck that the Groundbreaker team created so that you have a template should you want to use that and customize it for your own deal. So go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. You're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best ever listeners, and welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Theo Hicks, and today we'll be speaking with Dewan Bent Twyford. Dewan, how are you doing today? I'm doing so good. I'm excited to be here. Oh, well, we're excited to have you. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Looking forward to our conversation. A little bit about Dewan's background. She's a full-time real estate investor who started out as a broke single mom who had been fired from Denny's. She manages Investors Edge University and has done over 2,000 flips based in Denver, Colorado. You can say hi to her at her website, dewanderful.com. That's D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F. U L, which I said 
before we begin, amazing website, Tyler. So, <laughs> Dewan, do you mind telling us some more about your background and what your focus on today? Well, I really started off really truly as a broke single mom and got married when my daughter was only eight months old, just eight months old. Her dad and I had an unexpected split, and I was sort of faced with that decision. Do I go back to work? Do I try to do something for myself? What was my thing that catapulted me? And I always tell people, because so many people that listen on your podcast, they're looking for real estate investing. I was just specifically looking for any job I could do from home and raise my daughter. And as I went searching, real estate investing found me. And I rehabbed my first house. I used to move in, rehab them while I was living there, sell them, move, sell them, move. And that's how I did it for years and years and years. And I started flipping houses, which completely changed my life. And then as things progressed, people started having me teach and start doing workshops and seminars and writing books. And then here we are today of still doing deals and podcasting myself and just trying to educate. My whole goal is teach, 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 teach. Because I tell everyone, listen, if a broke single mom like me with no education, no nothing, could literally been fired from 15 jobs ahead of that, can become a millionaire real estate investor, everyone can do it. Absolutely. So I want to ask a question about the live-in fix and flips. So would you buy them with all cash or would you do the owner-occupied type loan? Oh, Lord, let me tell you. <laughs> now you have to remember, well, I mean, you don't know this. So when I first, first, first started, this is like 30 years ago. So back in those days, and I know people are going to be like, what? She's that old? Any kind of job, any kind of anything, everything was in the classified section of the newspaper. So I was looking in the papers and going to all these meetings and jobs, and a lot of it was multi-level marketing and things like that. So I happened to meet some people at one of these, and they were investors, and they said, well, we fix up houses and we sell them. So in my naive mind, I thought, wow, I could decorate houses for a living. I love to decorate. This is going to be so easy. So I had no technology. I would drive to the courthouse. I would handwrite all the foreclosures use those big city map books, take my child, and go door knocking with a baby on my hip looking for deals. Once I found my first deal, I had no idea what to do. I had no experience. I had no real estate license. I literally made a deal with this woman that a deal and a handshake and a hug. That was kind of it, that I would move in because I couldn't afford to live here and do this. I rehabbed this house, and when it was all done, we split the profit on it, and I did it 100% using credit cards. I lived on full credit cards. I made $22,000 on my first deal, which at that time, $22,000 is a lot of money now, but 30 years ago, that was the largest amount of money I'd ever seen in my entire life. So my first few deals, I would knock on doors, find the homeowners, and they would move out, and I would move in and fix it, and we would just make deals. And I look back, I'm thinking, oh, my God, what was I thinking? <laughs> I would never let one of my students do that now. So I didn't even have my deals really papered up. It was literally by the grace of God. They all worked out. Nobody ever sued me or tried to keep the house or didn't want to follow through on it. So I then started wholesaling because it was getting harder to find deals and moving in and out. I was not exposed to hard money lenders yet. We still didn't even have a RIA in South Florida. So I didn't have any resources. So I discovered wholesaling. So I started finding and flipping them, finding them, flipping them. So my first few deals, I really worked the deal out with a homeowner, which I would totally not recommend any person doing it that 
way. If my students didn't feel like that and didn't paper that thing to death, I would murder them. Yeah. So it was crazy how I started off. So while you were fixing up the houses that you were living in, at the same time, you were still door knocking, finding more deals. And then, finding the and, next and, one. And, but the ones you couldn't do, then you would wholesale those. Yes. So the first three years, I strictly moved in, rehab myself. I fixed them up myself, sold it, moved to the next one. I did that until my daughter got into kindergarten. And I thought, okay, well, I can't keep moving around now. And then I actually discovered wholesaling because the Rio group had started. I heard people talking about flipping houses. And I thought, well, I already know how to find them. I know a lot of people now, so I'm just going to find them and flip them. So at that point, I jumped into wholesaling. And you know, my first year, Theo, I wholesaled 75 houses my first year. Because I was a working machine. I was living in these houses. and working like day and night, day and night, trying to get them rehabbed. For about the first three years, I just moved and fixed and moved and fixed and then started wholesaling like a crazy woman. And then when I would rehab after that, I started using hard money lenders. So I'd rehab one, flip a few, rehab one, flip a few, and kind of did both simultaneously for even still today. I mean, you're saying flip a few, you mean wholesale, right? Wholesale. You flip the yeah, contract. I That's why I was confused for a second. Okay, got it. So. I, well, I like the word wholesale too, by the way, all these TV shows have everybody yeah. talking about flipping. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people don't understand wholesaling anymore, mm-hmm. but Good I point. still to this day, we rehab a few and we flip as many as we can still today because I love wholesaling. So when you originally were looking for deals, you were doing door knocking. Uh-huh. So how are you finding deals now? And how are you obviously teaching clients how to find deals? What's the best way right now in 2020 to find deals? I know this sounds like a super old fashioned way, but I still to this day put out those bandit signs. You find those, I buy houses cash signs. I buy those. And what I started doing about five years ago is as I would be out sort of driving for dollars, I would see all these vacant properties. Because as you know, once a house is vacant and the bank takes it to foreclosure, the average house sits vacant for about two years. So I started putting my bandit signs in the yards of all these vacant houses. So it's not on the street corner, it's not on the telephone pole, it's not littering and not trespassing, you just stick them in the yards of vacant houses. And then in any given neighborhood, you put a sign in every vacant house that there is, and everyone suddenly thinks you bought the entire neighborhood and now you're the go-to person. And people will call you and call you and call you and call you. So even now in 2020, I still like to go put signs in the yards of vacant houses. It's quick. I can get 50 signs out in a couple of hours and they'll work for me for months. What's the message on the bandit signs? I have a couple. One is obviously just cash for your house. I have one that also says facing foreclosure, no equity, no problem. Because a lot of people don't have equity and we like to take subject twos. And then I also have some that say, Owner financing, no money down. Because a lot of the houses that I find, I have people deed their properties to me as a subject to, and then I owner finance them back out. Instead of turning them into rentals, I have a lot of owner finance deals going on all the time. I was talking to someone the other day that does the same thing, and that's a super fascinating strategy. So good. I tell you what, you can make so much money, so, so, so much money owner financing deals. And especially just any market, because there's so many people that had a bad thing or had some bad credit or had something and the banks don't want to lend them any money, but whatever that was, they fixed it and resolved it and they're working and they really want to own a house again. 
So owner financing is one of our top ways that we make money. So are you, you buy the house and then sell owner financing or you buy a house with seller financing and then sell our finance to someone else? Yeah, the homeowner deeds it to us. And then we have the deed, the power of attorney, we put it in the land trust. We do all those things like that with the homeowner knowing that we're going to do that. They sign their life away on that deal. And then we let them know that in somewhere in the next five to seven years, we will get that house refinanced. So their name comes off of it. So they're free to buy something else later. So I find a homeowner in distress. They deed their house to me. And then I find a person out there that wants to own a house and I own or finance it to them. So I basically become the bank. They pay me, I pay the bank. And then we give them five or six or seven years to fix their credit or whatever they need to do so that they can actually turn around and they don't purchase at that point. They actually just do a simple refinance on it. So I get it from the homeowner. I find a new homeowner and I finance it for them. And the homeowners, they're on the mortgage. I have the deed, I have the ownership and I offer it back out over here as owner financing. So this person over here, has to come up with a down payment. They have fairly good credit. And as they're making the payments on this owner financing, after a few years, they're able to actually just do a refi, which is easier to qualify for than a brand new purchase. So it creates a win-win for all three of us because this homeowner that deeded the house to me, every month it goes by and a payment's getting made, it's helping reestablish their credit from all those late payments that they had. I've got this house and I'm in the middle and I have the money and it's coming in and I'm paying everything. And this person over here is also reestablishing their credit so they can refinance and own the home outright. Which I would imagine can be a really good strategy now with the COVID things going on for sure. You'd be able to do even more. People are literally just here, take my deed, take my house. I'm moving back in with family. I have people that are inundated with homeowners that are just giving them their houses and walking away. I was talking to someone yesterday too, who does the exact same strategy with actual restaurants and stuff. Yeah. So definitely a super fascinating strategy. Another question I have is obviously you teach people and you have different mastermind groups and consulting. How are you doing this now that you can't actually go and do it in person? Is it just all virtual and are you you finding it's more difficult to do these things over the internet than in in person or is it a pretty smooth transition? That's what changed for me is we do a lot of live workshops for the RIA groups around the country. So obviously there's no workshops at all right now because hotels aren't letting anyone book the ballrooms and things. But our teaching and our strategies have always been online. But if you were one of my apprentice students, I would talk with you, work with you, review your paperwork, tell you all the things to find the deals. I would help you work with the homeowner, work with the bank on short sales or whatever. So we partner with people. We split deals with them and such. So none of that has changed for us. We've been doing that for 10 years. All right, Duane, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Ooh, honest to God, I know it's going to sound really, really simple. I've been teaching workshops now for over 20 years. I find the biggest thing I find when I'm talking to people in the audience face-to-face is they say, well, I need to take one more real estate course. I need to learn this. I need to learn that. And they keep using the excuse I need more education before they'll jump in and do their first deal. And I feel like people need to get past that fear and get past thinking that they might not know what to do. And they need to just jump in, have someone like me that guides them along so they don't make a bunch of dumb mistakes and stop over preparing because people get stuck in this. I have to have an LLC. I have to have this. I have to have that. I have to have 10 more hours of training. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. 
So I think people need to stop doing that and just go for it. I went knocking on doors with a baby hanging on my hip with no knowledge whatsoever, and I was able to make it. So if I can do it, they can certainly do it. All right, Duana, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? Oh, I am. Okay, first, a quick word from our sponsor. Groundbreaker helps you increase productivity and investor satisfaction by automating fundraising, reporting, and investor relations through elegant and powerful workflows built by syndicators for syndicators. Go to groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe. That's groundbreaker.co forward slash Joe to get a free deal pitch deck template. Ever wonder how the top in real estate got there? The Invest This podcast hosted by real estate investor Scott Bauer interviews the top names in the industry, giving you the tips and tricks that help you catapult your real estate business to success. Find them at investthispodcast.com. Okay, Duan, what is the best ever book you've recently read? I have to be honest with you. Recently, I have not been reading books. I have become a podcast addict. <laughs> So I listen to yours. I listen to many, 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 many real estate podcasts all the time right now. So I'm trying to get in as many people's ideas and I, just all the things. I'm just absorbing it like a giant mm-hmm. sponge. If your business were to collapse today, what would you do next? I don't know. If my real estate business collapsed as far as the investing in things, I still would do something where I would help homeowners that are in distress. Because I was that broke single mom. I also lost a house in foreclosure. And I know how that process is so devastating. So I would still somehow work with people in trouble and still try to help them find their way back out. What is the best ever deal you've done? Wow. I have so many thousands of deals. I have one deal specifically that I don't know that it was financially the best deal, but it was one of those deals that was extremely rewarding. I had met a woman at that time, she was actually about my age. I thought she was, you know, an older lady. <laughs> she was in her 60s. But she had a house that was completely paid for. She was doing fine. She was retired. And unfortunately, her son became a crack addict and talked her into refinancing her house. He was literally coming into her house and taking her TV and selling her furniture and selling things. And by the time I met her, she had not eaten for three days. And her son just controlled her and manipulated her and had her living in her house with a chair and a bed. It was just a really tragic situation. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to step in over and above. I'm going to help you. And you're going to get away from this son of yours. And I took her. I found her family. I made arrangements for someone to help her and take her. I went and got her. I bought her house. I drove her to the closing. The money, I wired it to her sister put her on a bus and sent her over to Tampa with her sister and helped her escape this terrible trap she was in with her own son and had him arrested. And at the end of the deal, her sister called me several times after thanking me and that they, I had like rescued her out of this really weird dysfunctional relationship she was in. And that was one of the deals that stuck with me forever because it's so weird to go to someone's house and they've had not a bite of food. There's not even a cracker in the cabinet. And I was just like so devastated about that. So that's one of my favorite deals because, I don't know, I just had to really make such a super big impact on that woman's life. Yeah, that's probably one of the best ever, best ever deal stories oh, I've yeah, heard. So, so thank good. you for that. Thank you. I don't even want to ask the other question, which is what's the worst deal? So I'll go to the next question, which is what's the best ever way you like to give back? I am just a big volunteer on anything. 
I work at the church. I work with my youth kids. I have a youth girls that I work with and mentor these young girls. I go to the schools in my area and I teach a talk on finances and just to try to teach the kids. Listen, you don't have to grow up and get a job and get married and save up all this money and buy a house. There's way more exciting ways to buy houses. So I really like working with the teenagers. Weirdly, I love teenagers. And I like working with them and showing them the options that are out there. I was raised in Ohio, so I was raised, grow up, work at a factory, get married, have kids, and that's what you're going to do. And after six weeks in a factory, I thought, Lord have mercy, if this is my life, I can't do this. So I like working with the young people and like, listen, forget this path. Let's go over here and have way more fun in mm-hmm. your life. And then lastly, what is the best ever place to reach you? Oh, so easy. Dewonderful.com. So it's obviously a play on my name, Dwan. So Dwonderful is wonderful. Dwonderful, D-W-A-N-D-E-R-F-U-L, Dwonderful.com. Perfect, Dwan. Well, thank you for joining us and <laughs> providing us with your best ever advice and your starting point. So the biggest takeaways for me, I really like your unique marketing strategy where you make bandit signs, messages from cash for your house, facing foreclosure, no equity, no problem. And then your owner financing no money down. And then rather than just sticking them on random street corners or high traffic street corners, you'll actually put them in the yards of vacant properties. So you'll put your bandit in the yard of every vacant property. And when neighborhood, everyone thinks that you own all these houses, you bought in all these houses. And so you're the go-to person. And so your phone blows up and you do this one time that it calls for four months. We also talked about your double seller financing strategy where you acquire a deal through seller financing and then you, in a sense, resell it or recontract it back out. Uh-huh. Seller financing to someone else. Now, this has been a very good strategy for you and your consulting clients. And now it's probably going to be a very powerful strategy moving forward in the next few years. Very strong. Um, and then lastly, your best ever advice, which was not using the excuse that you need more education, which is why I always like to focus on the first deal with people that I talk to every time, even though it's more of a story and not technically tactical advice whenever you hear someone's first story 99 times out of 100 the person just kind of figured it out and they didn't really know what they were doing and it worked out or didn't work out but they're still investing today so just hearing that and realizing that you don't need to have encyclopedic knowledge of real estate to get started it's always good and always inspiring so thank you Dawn, again for joining us thank you guys great conversation best of listeners as always thank you for listening Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. God bless.